Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's still undefeated. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. We just had arguably the best Saturday since we've been doing this podcast. So let's get right into it, Ryan. What was your first week six takeaway? I will uh, kick us off with uh, maybe the game of the week. Uh, Bama and A&M. A&M pulled off the huge upset. Uh, just an awesome game to watch. I mean, you know, if A&M, if you're, if you're going to this game, like, in order to beat Bama, you had to do a couple of things. First thing you had to do was win the turnover battle. And they did that. They were plus one. Second thing that you really was hoping hoping for is to get like a non-offensive touchdown, whether it's a pick six or fumble pick return for a touchdown, kickoff return, whatever it was. And they got the ladder. Devin A. Chain had that 96-yard kick return. So, you know, those they, two things they were also, kind of key. They also allowed a punt punt block touchdown. So that's – you wouldn't have thought they'd won if you kind knew that. Kind of a wash. Kind of a wash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, uh, you know, they had to have those sorts, the sorts of things happen for them to have a chance. And, you know, statistically – Actually, AM's offense, I mean, it wasn't amazing in the game when you look at the stats, but for what they had been doing, it was. I mean, oh, yeah. Calzada just all of a sudden just woke up. I mean, to do it against Alabama with the best defense they've played, oh, what happened here? How did the offense kind of wake up like this? It was it was crazy. Uh, hopefully, this is a springboard for him, for, for Calzado and Texas AM's offense. But, you know, what does this game kind of mean? Like, Jimbo gets a signature win. Uh, A&M's already got a couple losses, so, I mean, maybe they can – play themselves into the new year six uh kind of picture again but for bama it's i mean it just means that they have no more wiggle room that's all i mean they still if they went out they're still in the playoff yep for sure but yep. uh are you guys totally bought into to a&m now like it's just it's weird because nothing leading up to that game I know, made me think no. that this would happen and i look real dumb last week just I, I I said that. I was like, I don't see how they're possibly going to win or even, you know, I thought yeah. Bama would cover for sure. Well, for sure. No. that's I didn't think that. I never think like that. But but yeah. you know what I mean. And uh, no, I don't know. Cal- there, were no, there were no signs that like Calzada was going to light it up and that they were going to be able to, you know, outperform Bama. I, there was, it was impressive. That's what we thought maybe in the preseason, but not, right. yeah. you know, six weeks into the year. Yeah. If you showed me I, that score yeah. before the year, I wouldn't have been too shocked. I still think A&M, even before the game, I still thought like, okay, I think still think Jimbo's got him on the right track. It's just maybe there was a little hiccup going on this year, but still think with all the talent he's bringing in, they're still going to, you know, get get to a, a pretty darn good level. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, next game I want to talk about is Iowa. They beat Penn State 23-20. to They remain undefeated, and they were plus three in the turnover battle, just a typical Iowa Saturday. That might be a little low for them, actually. But uh, <laughs> But this game... I would say I would say the game changed when Sean Clifford went down. Like he obviously wasn't perfect. He threw a couple picks, but still, if you watch the game, the offense was able to move the ball with him in there, and they had the lead when he left. And then Taquan Roberson came in after after the Clifford injury and just was horrible. He was one point six yards per pass attempt, so they couldn't do anything. If you're an Iowa fan, it, it all that matters is you got the win. Who cares how you yeah. won? Uh, and if I were, if I was an Iowa fan, I wouldn't care. I would be able to acknowledge that. Hey, you know, who knows what would have happened if Clifford stayed healthy? Maybe Penn State would have won. I would think, you know, I would think that they would have won, but he got hurt and they didn't win. So, yep, <laughs> you're number two <laughs> in the country. Healthy, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. 
I mean, even it is, it's just, it's crazy. It's pretty remarkable. Uh, all right. Well, you guys touched on two great games, but arguably the game of the day was the Red River rivalry. Uh, what a what a freaking game. The the first half, you watch that game, everyone's saying Texas is back. You know, Sark had Casey Thompson look, look, looking like a stud. They're up 14-0 within like the first two minutes. And it was 28-7 after the first quarter. Rattler's getting benched for Caleb Williams. And Texas is like, they've got Oklahoma right where they want him. Uh, but then the defense for Texas just pretty much collapsed. Uh in the fourth quarter, they had a. It was third and nineteen for Oklahoma, and Williams threw a fifty-four yard touchdown pass to end up tying the game. And then immediately after, Texas fumbles the kickoff. Oklahoma scores. All of a sudden, they're up seven, and that was just unthinkable. You know, an hour or two before uh, that moment. But you know, credit Texas. They came back. They got a clutch score to to tie it. But and it was just so fascinating to to put an exclamation point on Texas's defense. The very end of the game, Oklahoma is at the 33 of Texas, and they just hand it to Kennedy Brooks just with the idea of getting a few yards to to get the field goal, and he busts through and scores a mm-hmm. touchdown, which was incredible. You never see that. Not to mention it was a horrible bad beat for the Texas betters. <laughs> yes. but, uh, yeah, I was but I mean, the whole game in context, Todd, the whole game itself was insane. Not much defense, amazing. But you know, afterwards, I don't know if I feel all that different about these teams like texas is good but we know their defense is kind of preventing them from being elite oklahoma is good but we've been kind of saying all year they're not quite quite what we thought they would be going into the season yeah i don't think this game really would move the needle either way it was a close close pretty close point spread going into the game ended up being that way i was a little surprised it was that bad of defense uh going into the game i mean you know both defenses i know they weren't great but they weren't terrible uh, so this was a little bit of a surprise to see the number go that high. Well, and I guess with Oklahoma, you say, okay, maybe we have the same thought of them, but unless you think Caleb Williams is going to be the kind of trigger to yeah. get that yeah. offense going, he looked good. It's not like his, you know, you look at his stats, not like they were amazing, but he did make amazing plays in the game and he had, you know, big runs, of course, or at least one really big run. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Do you think he's going to start this upcoming Saturday? Lincoln I, Riley hasn't I, said. I think so. Apparently, he let. I would Link, think. Or he had. Uh, he had Rattler take the day off yesterday, which seems a little fishy. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's pointing to Caleb Williams. Feels like you. You have to Spencer um, Rattler to Nebraska. Huh? <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> wow. it is. It's also crazy <laughs> that they brought Rattler back in. You know, after of course being benched yeah. and. The big comeback, and then they put him in for a crucial two-point conversion. I guess they just, you know, he had, I'm sure, practiced that and maybe was better at executing it. But good for Rattler. I was happy for him because the fans, of course, not all the fans, but a contingent of the fans have not been chanting nice things about Spencer Rattler. No, so they have not. Yeah. It was nice to see well, him. I mean, he's, he's, it's tough to be an OU quarterback going up, you know, with the past three guys that they've had. Yeah. Tough to live up to those expectations. All right, next takeaway here is uh, I just want to give Kentucky some more props, man. They're 6-0. and They dominated LSU, really. They won 42-21 um, and really controlled the game on the ground, just kind of what you almost would have expected going into the game, um, considering how poor LSU is on both sides against the run and rushing. Um, but Kentucky ran for over 300 yards. Um, Will Levis didn't have to pass all that much, but when he did, he was very good. He was efficient, 14 of 17. Just got to give credit to Stoops for getting them to six and zero. I mean, they maybe they haven't had the best schedule in the world, but hey, it doesn't really matter if you're Kentucky. You're six and zero. Now you have 
you have a shot this week. <laughs> you're 23 and a half point dogs, but hey, you're going to Georgia and this game is, you know, it's not that it won't decide the East, but essentially it could. Um, so you just got to give them, I want to give the Wildcats credit. They, uh, Mark Stoops has just slowly but surely got that program just to a solid level. Yeah. And uh, the the coach on the other side is uh, in some trouble. Oof. Coach O. Yep. Yep. Uh, another six and O team surprise six and O team wake forest. They won 40 to 37 at Syracuse in overtime defense, bit of a concern giving up 354 rushing yards, but they got the win. That's all you care, care about. If you're, if you're wake forest four and O in ACC play. So they've got a, they've got a shot to get to the ACC yeah. title. And the ending was crazy because Syracuse scored a touchdown to go down by one late and they Dino Babers decided to go for two but kind of decided too late and so they got a delay of game so they were going to go for the win to to end it or you know either way end it win or lose but ended up having to like kick. you should know before you're going to score like what you're going to do it's yeah like, i right? like, i guess i don't know there's a lot going on but you're right you would think a little you're kind foresight. of thinking on the drive especially yeah 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 but uh it took too long so they had to go to overtime and end up losing so it's crazy the little decisions that you know if you would have just decided to go for two right away who knows maybe they might have won and didn't if you're Syracuse, what? Who cares? I mean, I don't know. If I'm Babers, like I'm just going for it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree. I agree. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> well, he did, but too late. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, another crazy game from Saturday was in the SEC: Arkansas, Ole Miss. Uh, both teams that you know they were playing in the the bounce back bowl. We kind of called it. Uh, they both had gotten throttled previously by uh, Alabama and Georgia the week before. Uh, and you know, their offenses obviously couldn't do much in those games. So they just decided that they were going to score at will in, in this game. Uh, Ole Miss ended up prevailing 52, 51 Pittman credit to him. He had the stones to try and go for two at the end, uh, for the win, but you know, it fell incomplete, but I mean, both teams over 600 yards of offense. And it, what was crazy about this game was the last 20 minutes of the game. It was 24, 24 at that from the beginning of that. Ole Miss scored four touchdowns and Arkansas answered every single time. They just kept kept coming back, kept coming back, never let Lane and those boys uh, uh, run away. But, uh, you know, all in all, the meaning of this game, it ended up being maybe just who could potentially get second in, in the West and maybe get a better bowl game. But, uh, you know, Ole Miss, you, it's fun watching these guys uh, play on offense and, and even for Pittman, like it's fun to watch them with corral on Ole Miss, Jefferson, Arkansas. It was entertaining at least. Very, very entertaining. Um, all right, go to a, another good game. We had Notre Dame uh, pulling off another just crazy fourth quarter close win. They won at Virginia tech surprised to see uh, so much of Tyler Buckner uh, at QB for, for the Irish here. Um, and it wasn't really a good day for him. He was six of 14, had a couple picks, but he did, he did run the ball pretty solid. Um, just wasn't a, a, a really pretty game to watch though. Jack Cohn actually came in and saved the day, uh, let a great touchdown drive late in the fourth quarter to, and they had to go for two to tie the game up. Um, and then got a stop in Notre Dame. He led them on another kind of drive to set up the game winning field goal. So Notre Dame got the win at Virginia tech. And, you know, if you look at overall Notre Dame, I mean, based off of like win expectancy this has got to be the luckiest team in the nation like five Lucky and the, one the Irish, my man. goodness it has been like every win has been rather fortunate i mean wisconsin they had winning by a handle amount but if they didn't get that kick return i don't know but they just they find ways to win usually i'll give them credit but wow 
Jets. I wish uh, I wish our team had that luck. Oh, uh, speaking of our team, let's get to our <laughs> oh, takeaway here. Uh, Michigan remains six and zero. Harbaugh's bounce back season is nice to see. I, I've been a longtime Harbaugh defender, and uh, so so it is nice to see him succeeding again but as for our huskers yeah it just kind of feels like we're cursed um because here i mean we played a great game scott frost i thought called a great game we had the ball late in the fourth quarter against a you know top 10 team with a chance to go win it with a field goal and martinez fumbled uh maybe should have been blow dead for forward progress but it wasn't and michigan kicked a field goal that ended up being the game winner um so you know as a nebraska fan this is it's an unsuccessful season. It's going to be, unless we kind of like win out or something or or really get hot at the end, it's going to be a relatively unsuccessful season because we're three and four right now, um, still have some tough games left. But as far as like the decision of whether to keep Scott Frost or fire him at the end of the year, no. I, I don't think you can just look, you're going to be able to just look at the record and make that decision. You got to look at, like, I think we're pretty good this this year and i think i think i'm right there because well just based on the fact that we had super close games against michigan and michigan state a couple really good teams and the betting market is valuing us like kind of like a borderline top 25 team and i usually defer to to the betting market's opinion so you know the context around it is uh is important as far as that decision. No, and i think i think some of the national writers that they're starting to write articles after this game that like since that illinois debacle in the first game like it is clear as day that Nebraska has improved this year. Um, obviously, it, they, and they, all the articles point to the fact: yes, it hasn't translated to the in the wins and losses, but it's been a difficult schedule, and they just they haven't uh, pulled out those close ones. But you can definitely see improvement compared to years past. Right. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I mean, you're a hater. We do. We do. We we have found ways to lose, and it's and it has happened in the Scott Frost tenure. So I I, I can understand the skepticism there. No more moral yeah. victories, man. It's year four. Win some games. <laughs> All right, Ryan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> if we played a softer schedule, you wouldn't be saying... Whatever. All right. My final one is North Carolina was very overrated to start the year, and maybe Florida State isn't as awful as kind of some some thought. Uh, so Florida State went into Chapel Hill and and beat the Tar Heels as a 17 and a half point underdog you know North Carolina started the year as a top 10 team you had Sam Howell Mac Brown what could go wrong and you know Florida State they just they were up 35 17 just they cruised to a victory and it was Norvell's first road win for the for the Knolls in his sixth try I guess over the last two years and the Tar Heels man they, they're they can't play these mobile quarterbacks well. Jordan Travis did very well this week. They had Jeff Sims of Georgia Tech a couple weeks ago blow them out. Uh, it's just a rough go for for the heels this season. And honestly, I, I kind of feel good for the Knowles. Uh, they started 0-4, a couple losses in excruciating fashion. And now they get UMass, who, by the way, UMass is hot after beating UConn this week. <laughs> uh, but they get then they're going to get some more ACC opportunities to see if they can show some more progress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they... It, I had I have some pity for for Florida State, right? Like I I think people, for whatever reason, people enjoy seeing the big time programs suffer. Um, I know as a USC fan, a lot of people enjoy watching USC yeah. lose, and people enjoy watching Texas lose. With Florida State, it's just like, okay, they've lost enough. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, let's start to see it go the other direction. So yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, but okay, let's uh, let's get to our segment 
for the episode. Uh, when will they lose first? There are 13 remaining undefeated teams. So we're going to go through all of them and give our thoughts as to when their first loss will, will happen. If if they lose, maybe you think that they're going to go yeah. undefeated. I mean, that's your pick. So, we're just talking regular season? You know, dealer's choice. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Ryan, why don't you get us started here? All right. We got UTSA, our only unranked squad that's still undefeated. Uh, got to give more respect to the Roadrunners. No, they've, they've had a solid start, but they've had a pretty weak schedule. I mean, they, they won at Illinois, which, yeah, that, you know, when they bet, beat them at the time, I was like, okay, they just beat Nebraska, but now they, now they stink. Uh, and then they beat Memphis, who's all right. So uh, I'm going to say they lose in a couple weeks. They play at Louisiana Tech. Um, that, that could be a tough game for them. Louisiana Tech's played five games this year, and all five have been decided by single digits. Or I'm sorry, by one score, even closer. Um, but two, um, So they're two and three, though, but their three losses are against NC State, Mississippi State, and SMU. So Louisiana Tech's a, good, a pretty good squad, and I could see uh, the Roadrunners getting tripped up there. I agree with that. All right, uh, I'm going to move on to number 24, San Diego State. They're 5-0. They're oh. Best win was a three-overtime thriller against Utah. Uh, and the rest of their schedule, though, that they've played has been about as weak as you could get. So we still don't know a whole lot we know that their uh their offense isn't that good and their defense is very good so with that recipe i'm kind of looking for a team that with a uh, good offense that could beat them uh the game at air force in a couple weeks could be tight but i think they could win a, a low scoring there and uh, scoring one there but uh they play fresno on october 30th uh they could potentially be a slight favorite but i think fresno might generate just enough offense to keep the aztecs at bay okay at san diego when's their bay? New stadium open next year Next year? It's supposed to. Yeah. All right. Number 23 is SMU, and they are 6-0. and Offense is legit with Tanner Mordecai, ton of great weapons, but so far only one win against a top 100 team in SP+, and that was a close one at TCU. So in terms of like a power rating, I don't think they're quite a top 25 team. They play Tulane next Thursday. I think they win that. Then they have at Houston, which I think is – kind of a coin flip type game so that's my pick as the the most likely first loss yep i can see that houston's playing pretty solid uh all right let's move on to uh wake forest they're 16th in the polls but uh michael what do you think about the demon deeks well they've got army at army that's their next game in a couple yeah. weeks which is dangerous because wake so far cannot stop the run to be honest i don't know how that translates because it's like a totally different thing when you're yeah literally you're playing. playing the pass yeah. yeah so i don't i don't know i mean i would imagine it correlates right if you're bad against the run you're probably not great against the option um yeah. but uh so yeah i think that game's dangerous i think wake will probably be favored by a few points um but because it's the first game they play it has that advantage i i'm gonna pick that as the the first loss yeah yeah, I mean, I could see that uh, they could limit Army could limit the possessions for Hartman, but um, I'm just worried that if Army gets behind, uh, it'll be tough for them to catch up. So I ended up landing actually. I just bagged North Carolina, but at North Carolina on November sixth, um, that means they'd beat Army and Duke, and they'd be eight zero at that point. But I just think the heels they they're we've seen they're they're kind of like all or nothing. So it might be tough for the Deeks to win in Chapel Hill. Yeah, I agree with you, Trey. I had the same one. Uh, and they've had a pretty nice schedule up to this point. Um, pretty a nice schedule overall for the Demon Deeks. But yeah, North Carolina, I mean, it's 
it, they're up and down. Uh, and the same that they're up, they can definitely take down Wake. Yep. All right. Moving on to number 15, our Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Ryan, what, where are you leaning for this? Yeah, they're not going to lose. They, they, they don't play uh, Louisiana uh, in the in the regular season, and that seems like the other cream of the crop for sure, uh, especially based off of tonight, the way they're kind of playing up against App State. So they do play, Coastal Carolina does play App State, I think it's next week, but the way they're looking tonight, I don't think Coastal really should have too much of a tr- trouble with them. So I don't think they lose. Um, and I think if they play Louisiana, which it, I'm sure they will in the title game, I think Coastal Carolina will win in that game too. Okay, that's that's a fair pick. I full disclosure, I sort of prepared for this podcast before the the, the App State game yeah. happened tonight. <laughs> um, but I'll stick with it. So I, I'll say the most likely first loss is at App State next Wednesday. Um, Coastal. I mean, I was thinking before this uh, before this game tonight. I was thinking, you know, Coastal would be favored. I mean, under three, I would have thought. Um, now. It's hard to say because yeah, this that game just ended. Louisiana won forty-one to thirteen. Almost a touch, maybe a touchdown or so. Like maybe I don't know. It's it's hard to hard to say. But yeah, they'll be favored a few points for sure. But it's still a tough one on the road at App State. Yeah. That's the thing. It's it's uh, Boone will be rocking uh, for that game. They'll be they've been circling that game on the calendar. But I ultimately though was with Ryan. I said they're going to go undefeated because Coastal is getting this week off to prepare for their biggest game of the year. They know this is the biggest game. And after, after app state, like they're going to be, it look, yeah, I would think favorites. a double digit favorite the, the rest of the way. So yeah. that's why I said they're going to go unbeaten. Okay. Uh, going to Oklahoma state. They are number 12 in the country. They're five and oh, they, you know, they haven't blown anyone out, uh, including Missouri state and Tulsa. So a lot of low scoring, uh, games, great defense, but, offense questionable uh so when are they gonna lose what do you think trey yeah it's funny they are five and oh and no one's really talking about gundy's squad no. uh but they're they're kind of fortunate to be where they are they've had those close games like you mentioned uh but now they're they really hit the heart of the schedule at texas and at iowa state the next couple of weeks so i just gotta say they'll lose this weekend at texas five and a half point underdog i just don't know if spencer sanders can match texas score for score yeah, I agree. I think it's this week at Texas. They're kind of running on fumes. So, yeah, I'll take Texas. Three for three, Texas. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to another team that's uh, undefeated here, of course. But we got, uh, in a surprise manner, Kentucky. They're sitting at 11 right now. Yeah, they go to George. <laughs> this is the easiest one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we yeah, just move well, on? <laughs> we we yeah, laugh. We, we probably would if A&M would have been undefeated. Well, that would have been a different story. But yeah. I don't want to laugh too hard as if like it can't happen. But yeah, you, yeah. you got to pick Georgia. I mean, come on now. You're 23 yeah. and a half. No, point Kentucky, they're, they've had a soft schedule, but then they've won what they've had to. But this is just, it's a sweep for us bros. It should be for all the fourth bros. It's the game at Georgia was this weekend. Yep. Okay. All right. Carrying on to number 10, another surprise team, Michigan State. Maybe, you know, their resume might not be incredible, but they keep winning these games. I, yeah, I mean, they. I, I like this team. Kenneth Walker is Heisman contender running back. They've got two great receivers, Speedy Naylor, Jaden Reed. Um, and, you know, Peyton Thorne probably hasn't been getting enough talk. Like, he's been playing great, so, at quarterback. Um, but I will say the odds of Michigan State 
losing one of their next two games is pretty high, probably like 70% or so I put it at. So I, I want to pick one of those. Um, they're a 60% favorite this week at Indiana, according to the market. And then um, as of now would probably be a small underdog at, at home against Michigan. So, but, you know, even though Michigan is, they're individually more likely to lose that game. I think the more likely first loss, if you simulate it out, is Indiana because it comes first. So I'll, I'll go this weekend. Yeah, I'm just uh, going to go with Michigan. That's fine. Um, Indiana has been pretty disappointing. Backup quarterback, and they just they they're not good. They put they didn't get score at Penn State. Uh, they're only like a they th- got, three and a half point dog, or what is it? Something I know, like that. I know, but they, four and a half. They, yeah, I hear you. I know, but I just I think Michigan is uh, just the better team there. Um, so I'll say. I mean, it'll be a that I'm. I kind of hope both teams are undefeated still when they oh, face yeah. each other there. Yeah, that would right? be awesome. <laughs> so that would be awesome. But yeah, I'll say Jim Harbaugh's squad gets them. I agree, Ryan. I went with Michigan. Uh, Indiana's not a gimme, but uh, no. I say they'll squeak by. All right. Well, moving on to number eight, Michigan, 6-0. and And their best wins are at Wisconsin and at Nebraska. They're just solid on both sides of the ball. I, I think they're, they deserve their rank. They're a legit top 10 team, both by the resume and by the you know the true strength of the team. So, Ryan, when are they going to lose? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. And I, I as I kind of said before, I think they'll they'll beat Sparty. Um, and then they do have Penn State. They do have to go to Penn State. That's going to be a tough one. But I think they're going to get by Penn State as well. So honestly, I don't have them losing until the big game uh, when they host uh, Ohio State. I think that'll be the first and only loss that they have in the regular season. I'm calling eleven and one for them. Wow. All right. Well, I and they'll um, still want Jim Harbaugh's head. Because he lost to Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, I, I I kind of agree with your sentiment on the first, the next couple games. They'll beat Northwestern. Uh, they could lose at Sparty, but I think they'll squeak by. And then I think they beat the Hoosiers. But I say they're going to lose at Penn State. It's going to be Penn State's second whiteout of the year, November 13th. That's my pick. Okay, I am. Uh, maybe Sparty fans were upset with me about picking Indiana as their their first uh mm. first loss Uh-oh. but i'm picking at michigan state as as the most likely first loss for for michigan i mean if i had to pick that game right now i would i would pick michigan because i think they'll be a slight favorite but that's not the question i'm being asked so um uh-huh. they beat them last year that's true that's true they did but uh but pretty yeah good that's it. pretty good at it most likely first loss all right uh let's move on to uh number four ou uh they've just been scooting along winning close games after close game um so michael what do you uh what do you see for them so they've got tcu this this week they're 13 and a half point favorite then they've got at kansas i think they'll be a slight favorite in that one maybe maybe it's, t- it's at it's in lawrence though that's true that's true and then they've got texas tech so i think they'll go three and oh there it, this, it's this one is hard it's hard to identify yeah what the first loss will be but i do think they'll drop one of you know at baylor home to iowa state and at oklahoma state those are those are some tough games um and i don't think there's like a massive difference between all those three three games in terms of like what the spread will be so i'll take the first one in line i'll take at baylor i think baylor's baylor's actually pretty good like that's a team that also maybe isn't being talked enough talked about enough this year i know they lost to um um uh, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. That's right. Yeah, they lost by ten to Oklahoma Barely, State. Though. They were. It was a late touchdown. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, but but yeah, we thought they'd be like all defense, no offense, and they they do have good defense. But the offense has actually so far been performing pretty well. Like Gary Bohannon has good numbers. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll pick them. 
I agree because Bohannon's gaining some confidence at quarterback. We know they have a pretty good defense. So I agree. I'm, I'm saying in Waco, Baylor will, will pull out the win because Oklahoma, they're five. All five of their FBS wins are by one score. So it's not like they're running away and hiding from anybody. Definitely not. Um, I'm going to say Iowa State the week after there. Uh, the Cyclones just, they're not afraid to go play in Norman. Uh, so that game seems to be a, a very good game the last few years. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll say the Cyclones can go, go into Norman and do it. All right, next we've got number three, Cincinnati. We know they, they got through their what we thought was going to be their toughest slate, uh, Indiana and Notre Dame. What do you think for the rest of the way, Ryan? I'm I'm going coastal esque here. I, I don't think they lose. I think it's uh, I think they'll win out. And to me, I, I they'll they're pretty far ahead of anybody in the conference right now. So even when they make the conference title game, I just you know whether it's SMU, Houston, I, st- I just think they're flat out better. So I think they win out, and it's just a question of whether they make the playoff uh, at that point. Okay, I'm going to say undefeated as well for this one. I, I would rather pick that than try and identify which game they'll lose. I do think, right. if, especially if you include the conference title, I think I think they'll lose one. I, or I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I think there's a greater than 50% chance they lose one, but I don't know which one. So I think undefeated is yeah. the pick. Yeah, they're not going to lose. It's too bad like Dylan Gabriel's out for UCF this week. That could have been more of a quality game. Yep. Schedule's just so soft that I don't see them them losing one right now. Maybe SMU, but not really. Hey, Bama going down helped their playoff chances. I mean, obviously they need them to lose again, but that was one step. Yeah, one step. Be, Notre Dame getting for another the Dragon win. Slayers. Notre exactly. Notre Dame winning exactly. All right, we have two teams left. We got number two Iowa. They are six and zero oh, wins at Ohio State and against Penn State. Those are two good wins. Um, they're, whoa, whoa, whoa! At Iowa said, State, at, yeah. Iowa what State. did I say? You said Ohio Sounded State. Like Ohio. Oh no, they that, haven't done that. <laughs> it's a little different. That was impressive. A little different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they avoid Ohio State. They do. They well, potentially till the till oh, the yeah, yeah for now maybe for in the conference championship, but they don't got they don't have to go to Columbus. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, their defense has forced an insane amount of turnovers. So Trey, when are they going to lose? Yeah, that, it's one of this year's enigmas. Like we know they're good, but how good? Uh, they're they're outstanding, but I just we just don't really know they're where their that ceiling is um they don't play a ranked team the rest of the way the two challenges look to be at wisconsin at the end of october and then at nebraska on black friday but even though that badger offense has been pretty putrid their defense is fantastic it's going to be an ugly slugfest and i say the badgers will knock them off in madison I went with that as well, just as the most likely uh, first loss. Just when you those teams play, it's almost just like throw out whatever you know records they have. It's just a slugfest, great defense, low scoring. It can go either way, and I, so it, with a, such a low scoring game like that, hey, Wisconsin can pull it off in in Madison. It's not like that would be a shocker. Yeah, I, it's scary to pick that because of what you would think Iowa will do to that Wisconsin offense. Yeah, but you know you just. But you could say the thing about conservative run the ball. Yeah, you could say the same thing about Wisconsin's defense to Iowa's offense. So uh, I'm going with that as well. I think all of us, like if you had all of us say, all right, bet your life on that game. Who are you picking? Oh, yeah. Yeah, We would pick pick Iowa. Iowa, But but again, that's not the question. It's like, I think we all think they're going to lose somewhere. Likely. Not not a gimme, but because they they might be favored in every game the rest of the way. So, yeah. But collectively, more than likely, they'll lose one and... I guess that's that's yep. my pick for the first. Yep. Yep. 
All righty. Michael's making very sure that people understand. All right. Am I going to? I'm question. going over the top with that. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> it's over good. That. No, it's... you know what? I'm taking that note, Ryan. It's a live note. You could have you could have pulled me aside and said that, but no, I'm no. hearing myself and it is kind of annoying. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Thanks for telling me after the second to last one. <laughs> <laughs> the last one. But I just, I, well, I'm I mean, hearing like a listener saying like, wow, you really it. think Iowa's going to beat yeah. or Wisconsin's going to beat Iowa? And it's like, well, I wouldn't pick that, but anyway. Now I'm doing it again. <laughs> yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah, we got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got the uh, last one is Georgia. Uh, obviously, just straight whooping up on folks. So, Trey, what do you think about them? I just want to be clear. If I pick Georgia to lose, it doesn't mean that I think they're going to lose. <laughs> I think no, I uh, you just yeah. We all know. Yeah, no, Georgia, their defense is otherworldly. The offense has made great strides. They've got a great resume up to this point. Like, I don't think they're going to lose. The two toughest games to be versus Florida in a few weeks and then maybe at Tennessee if something gets crazy, but just not enough there for me to call an upset. So I say they're unscathed going into the SEC title, most likely against Bama. I I will say run the table. Yeah, I'm going to go with you guys. Um, And I'm not going to go talk about the conference title game okay Obviously, well let's know let's include everything let's include the conference title and okay. the playoff okay so then, then i'll then say what's they lose pick? to bama what's that i'll say they lose to bama lose to bama okay yeah I'll I'll, say i'm gonna to bama say title game. if you ask me right now i'm gonna say they win just because they've looked like the best team in the country it's been i think impressive. i would just pick win at all yeah I, I, oh yeah yeah i think well, i would yeah, say win know. at all as opposed to yeah. trying to find out i don't know i don't know if that's smart or not but i, I think that's that would be my pick yeah Fair there enough. you go. Didn't think about after that, the, the conference yeah. title game. But yeah. I mean, if they beat Bama, then they're, you know, <laughs> they're probably going to win the national title. So good chance. All right. Let's get to yep. our week seven picks. And this one, if I pick them to win, I do mean it. I do mean I'm actually picking them to win. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going to pick uh, the first one. I'm going to pick Louisiana to beat App State. I, mean, I think they're uh, going to cover. That's my wow. lock. That's, <laughs> that's my no, lock. lock. Let's, <laughs> hey, let's lock that in. <laughs> Uh, we could have fooled everyone if we just didn't admit that we recorded this. Oh, yeah. I know Ryan already spilled the beans. I was going to keep that one a secret, and but <laughs> yeah. I'll go with it. Sorry. Uh, all right. What's the first real first game? Uh, first game we got Oklahoma State at Texas. Texas is five and a half point favorite there. So Trey, uh, what do you think here? Well, we kind of mentioned it earlier in our segment. Like no one's talking about Oklahoma State. They're kind of maybe the quietest unbeaten out there. But uh, to me, the question is, how is Texas going to respond from the collapse against Oklahoma? Personally, I think they're going to bounce back. Um, Okie State's been kind of fortunate to be where they are. Um, And it's kind of a clash of styles. Oklahoma State's got a very good defense, but Texas has a very good offense. And and conversely, the the opposite is true where they're both not so good. So I, I just, I trust Sark and Casey Thompson to generate some offense against the good Cowboy defense. Um, I just think going up against the Oklahoma state offense that Texas, their defense will look a little bit better if that makes any sense, what I just said, but uh, I think they'll force a Spencer <laughs> Sanders turnover and end up getting the win. Yeah. I just look at the, the playmakers in this game, like Texas, you've got B. John Robinson, Xavier worthy, uh, you've got the better quarterback, Casey Thompson. I know Oklahoma State's got a, a better defense, but I, I just think the the gap in offenses is too much. So I will I will lay the points with Texas. 
Yeah, I will as well. Uh, Okie State's just been uh, kind of living on that edge. And sooner or later, you know, the, the cliff comes and you fall off that edge. Then so you fall pretty hard. So I think they'll lose this week and the following week to uh, Iowa State. Wow, wow bonus. going two weeks in a row. Oh, bonus bonus. loss there. Wow. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Cowboys. Yeah, wow. <laughs> What'd they do to you? <laughs> All right. Next, we've got Kentucky at Georgia. Georgia's favorite 23 and a half. And I believe this is where game day is going to be. It is. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick Georgia to win this one. And I also think uh, Kentucky fans will just have a really bad week the next week. There's a person in their personal <laughs> lives. That's just my thought. But uh, wow. Wow. yeah, no, I uh, so I, I think Georgia, this is it's hard with the big spread games to for me to pick a lean. Like, I don't know. Are they going to win by 17 or 30? It's, it's hard to say, but I guess I'll take Georgia here uh, just because the matchup they have. I think by far the best run defense in the country. And that's still what Kentucky wants to do on offense with Chris Rodriguez. They want to run the ball um, in, in their games against kind of competitive teams. They haven't thrown very much. I know they've got that new coordinator from the Rams, but it's, it's they've, they've run the yeah. ball a lot and I don't think they're going to be able to do that successfully. So give me Georgia. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take Kentucky. Um, the fact that they do run the ball will make the game a little shorter. Um, and also the fact that Georgia likes to just sit on leads if they get it. They're not a team that's – once they get up like 21, 24 nothing, like they did against Arkansas, it kind of settled there for a little bit. They weren't necessarily opening it up. Like how many times did Stetson Bennett throw you know, against Arkansas? Hardly, hardly at all. And I think Kentucky's – they're, they're going to give everything. And this one, I think they're going to, this is their shot. They're going to come ready to play. They got, they got some weapons. They can move the ball. Well, Levis has got some, yeah. got a little dual threat ability. Wandale Robinson's a, can make some plays. So I think they'll fight and keep it interesting for a little bit. I don't know. I tried to pick against Georgia last week. Didn't work out. Didn't feel good. So I got to go with them this week. I'm taking Georgia. Their defense is too strong. And Kentucky also, they have two starting defensive linemen out and their second leading receiver, Josh Ali is out. So I don't think that's a, a good recipe when you're going into your toughest game. All right. BYU at Baylor. Baylor is favored six points. What are we thinking, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Baylor. Uh, the Bears here, they uh, they just got a nice little kind of game plan from Boise, who just uh, showed them how to beat the Cougars. Uh, and Baylor's got a really good defense. And as Michael kind of said earlier, um, their offense is surprisingly doing very well with Gary Bohannon. He's got 11 touchdowns, no picks. He's got a couple of really solid running backs, a big play receiver, and Daquan Thornton. I think they can kind of slow down the Bears, and I don't know if the Bears can. The Cougars. Oh, well, yeah. The Cougars, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Cougars and Bears, you know, whatever. Uh, I like Baylor. <laughs> they're two totally different animals, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're wild animals. <laughs> now, I like I like the ba Baylor Bears, too. I, I liked how they looked against West Virginia, Bohannon, seems to be playing with confidence the defense had six sacks in that game uh they're playing with a lot of, a lot of confidence and and BYU they had four turnovers last week didn't look good Baylor also has Jeff Grimes who was the offensive coordinator at BYU last week they're the current last offensive year. coordinator last or, sorry last year wow. <laughs> he, he flops a lot <laughs> yeah no, but but BYU's current offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick he admitted this week that they're changing all of their signals and terminology as it's pretty much the same system that Grimes had. So I don't really like hearing that. Sick and bears. That's an interesting nugget. Uh, I'm going to take BYU to get the cover. I, I like their offense with Jaron Hall healthy. And like I said, last week, I know it was ugly, but I think it was maybe a little bit fluky. They had, I think they lost three fumbles. 
Um, they lost the turnover battle 4-0, so I don't think that score was you know, indicative of, of how good the team is. All right. Let's move on to uh, an ACC battle here. We got Pitt. They're favored four and a half at the Hokies. Uh, some big year so far for Kenny Pickett. Uh, what do you what do you uh, think here, Mike? I'm I'm taking Pitt. I'm going to lay the points with Pitt. Yeah. I think they are. I think they're good this year. I mean, Kenny Pickett, you mentioned, finally has emerged. Like the last two <laughs> years, I think his stats were exactly was it twelve touchdowns, seven picks. It was it's something very close to that. It was like the exact same the previous two years. But this year, I think he's at 19 touchdowns, one pick. The defense is good as always. Um, they've got plenty of of good D linemen. Kalijah Cansey is one of them that's emerged this year. And Virginia Tech just hasn't impressed me. Their win against North Carolina week one is now, with more context, less impressive. So uh, I'm going to take Pitt, and I'm going to make them my lock of the week. That's the thing. Like, I'm just so curious to see how does Pitt handle prosperity because it's kind of uncharted territory for them in in recent years. People are really starting to buy in, talk about them. Um, So in most situations, I would go against that. But I'm just not sitting here with enough confidence in in the Hokies for Fuente. Uh, they gave up what ten points in the final couple minutes to lose to the Irish last week. I Burmeister left the game with a shoulder injury, but he did come back. One of their best d- defenders, Dax Holyfield, he's going to miss the first half after a targeting last week. Not a lot of good things going on, and Pitt had a bye week, so I think Pitt will will pull out the victory against the Hokies. We all agree. Pitt it is. I think the offense is just too much. It's weird to say that, but yeah, Pitt is, I think Pitt's just got too much for him. All right. We've got another ACC battle. NC State is given three at Boston College. Ryan, what's your take here? Yeah, I think you got to take the Wolfpack here. Um, Dennis Grizel is just clearly a big downgrade from Phil Dracovic at uh, quarterback for, for BC. And I, I like what NC State's been doing this year. Devin Leary, uh, he was good last year when he was healthy, and then he's just leading that into this year playing well. Um, and that defense has actually been better than I expected. I didn't think they were going to be great, but they, they've been pretty solid. Um, they did have a close one last game against Louisiana Tech, but like I said, Louisiana Tech's not a bad team, so I'm not. that doesn't really worry, worry me too much. Uh, I just think the NC State's ready to go for this. I think they're a, a pretty solid team, so give me them. Okay, I'll go the other way. Well, this will be a, a nice test for... Uh, that Boston College offense w- without Phil Dracovic so far it hasn't cratered nearly as much as I, I thought it would. Grossell has has been okay. That uh, they've had the running game do extremely well too. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I think they've still got Zay Flowers, who's a good weapon for for Grossell, and the defense isn't great, but it is much improved. So I'll say they get the cover. Yeah, I'll take the points at home also. Uh, Grizel's got his feet wet in a couple games. Had the week off to prepare being the number one guy. I, I, I say Halfley gets him in position to at least cover here. Okay. Arizona State is pick'em at Utah. Uh, this, we said last week, I think. Was it last week? that they, No, it wasn't last week. A couple weeks ago that Arizona State and UCLA played, and it was the... Uh, the ba- the Pac-12 South Championship. Well, we got the Pac-12 South Championship Part Two because yeah. Utah maybe is a little yeah, better yeah. than we thought. So, who are we taking there? Well, and what's crazy about that is that if Arizona State wins, they'd essentially have a two-game lead on the rest of the division at this point. So, ASU can almost almost put it on ice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Sun Devils. They're playing great right now. Uh, it's not going to be easy in Salt Lake. Utes are always tough there under Whittingham, but to me, ASU is the more balanced team. 
The D's been really sharp the last few weeks. Their defensive end, Tyler Johnson, he was the national defensive player of the week. He just dominated against Stanford. And I just don't think Cam Rising will have a ton of success. The Utes offense, they played well against USC, but I need them to prove it to me against a really good D whoa, before whoa, I... Whoa, I, whoa, I, whoa, That's okay. Let's I, just chill. I'm not trying to slight you there. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to slight you. But <laughs> no, I just, you, okay. I need to see him do it against uh, a good D before I, I buy in there. He might, but I just want to see it. Uh, and, and the other thing is ASU's got a good rushing attack. Rashad White, I think, could help dictate the game. So I'm actually going to make the Sun Devils my lock. Wow. And a pick em. Nice. I know. Nice. Oh, whatever. Makes it easy. Right. Makes it easy to pick. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take Utah here. Uh, hey, their only losses are at BYU and at San Diego State in pretty close games. Uh you, BYU is a little ugly, but hey, now they brought in Cam Rising. The, the Charlie Brewer's gone. There's no more of the headache. It seems like Cameron Rising's coming. They've stabilized a little bit. They got the ground game going. Um, USC was obviously a good confidence boost for them. Nice to have USC's defense on the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Hey, we stay. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'll take you back. Uh, well, I mean, it is hard to pick against Utah after going up against a great defense last week and, and doing <laughs> so <right>. well, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, no, I'm going to take Arizona state. I, I, I don't put a lot of stock into, uh, Utah's performance against USC because I don't know. I've seen, uh, I've seen Stanford blow out USC as well. So I'll and Oregon state. Okay. Well, that's just, <laughs> 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 kind of forgot about that one. No, but it's <laughs> all because Oregon State turned around and lost. Uh, so they're all blanding together at this point. Yeah. Let's, right. yeah. You guys will be back once you get James Franklin or whoever. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get to the honorable mentions. All right. I'm going to start us off. Friday night, Clemson is given 14 at Syracuse. And I feel like they always play on a Friday night in the Carrier Dome. Syracuse, man, they've lost back-to-back heartbreakers. Even though it's a short week for Syracuse, Clemson had the bye. I'm going to take the two touchdowns. Uh, we know Clemson has had a couple D-line injuries. And even though the uh, offense maybe found some strides, I'm not fully bought in. Sean Tucker, Orange, will uh, will have a big day and keep it at least within the 14 points. Cal is playing at Oregon also on Friday night. Oregon's favored 13 and a half. Not overly high on the Ducks, but I personally think this is the worst time for Cal to have to face them. Oregon had the week off to stew over that Stanford loss. Joe Moorhead might be back calling plays for this game. And Cal comes in having lost to Wazoo, only putting up six points at home. I think the Bears will show better, but I think the Angry Ducks will try and stamp themselves back as a Pac-12 threat. Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas is favored three and a half. I don't usually like giving the hook on the three, but I will. I think Arkansas is just better. They've got wins against Texas and Texas A&M. Lost a heartbreaker at Ole Miss. Um, and the Razorbacks, they want some revenge from last season. Auburn controversially won on that weird messed up spike by Bo Nix or a backwards pass. Um, and I ultimately, I think the Hogs, though, will, will get the win. And then finally, Michigan State minus four and a half at Indiana. I'm really not confident in this game at all. Jack Tuttle's getting the start for the Hoosiers. Maybe he'll be the answer to get the Hoosiers back on track, but I, I just can't bake on it. Michigan State, maybe not as good as their record is, but they're making enough plays each week. Peyton Thorne continues to just chuck it deep to Naylor, who's been a stud. They've had three flea flickers this year result in a score, which is funny to me because you don't see it that often. And then Kenneth Walker on the ground. I think they'll do enough in Bloomington. Okay, I've got an exciting first game here. Ole Miss, minus three at Tennessee. 
The over-under is 81 and a half, which wow. I'm not sure if there's been a higher one this year, but I don't remember uh, a total that high. And, you know, if Tennessee had started Hendon Hooker from day one, they might be like 5-1 and one right now and ranked. I, I think they I think they would have beat Pittsburgh, potentially. Um, so I, I love this Tennessee offense with him and Tyon Evans if he's healthy on the ground. So I'll pick them to keep it close. TCU at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favorite 13 and a half. This TCU defense has been bad this year. And I, I apparently they had a couple safeties go down with injury last game. Not sure of their status, but I'm picking Oklahoma. I think Kennedy Brooks will have another big day on the ground. And of course, the thing to watch is, is how Riley handles the quarterback situation, whether uh, Caleb Williams starts and plays the whole game. We'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, UCF at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favorite 20 and a half. Like Trey mentioned earlier, it sucks that Dylan Gabriel got hurt. Just completely different team uh, without him. The the freshman backup, Mikey Keene, hasn't been very good. So I think Cincinnati dominates here. They know they've got to win and win big in all these games to, to impress the committee. So picking them. And then Iowa State minus six at Kansas State. I think Iowa State is going to play better the second half of the year in both of their losses so far. They actually outgain their opponents. So I don't think it's... I also don't think it's been quite as bad as, as it has looked so far. Um, so I'll take them to cover. But with Skylar Thompson back, it's you know could be an interesting game. Alrighty, My first game, I got Florida minus 10 and a half. Uh, they're hosting or they're going to LSU. Sorry. Not exactly uh, the stakes that you would uh, expect heading into this game. They got both got a combined five losses between them. But I'm going to roll Florida. LSU's defense just really struggles against the run. Uh, and Florida rushes for nearly 275 yards a game on the ground. So give me the Gators. And I'm actually going to make the Gators my lock of the week. And my next game, I got Miami going to North Carolina. North Carolina's favorite seven. Uh, the two favorites uh, in the Coastal heading into the year. Not so much now. Uh, they're fighting to stay out of the cellar. Uh, Derek King, unfortunately, out for the season at shoulder surgery so the Dierra king era of college football michael is over sorry i mean okay that sucks <laughs> well, okay. no, that's not funny i don't know i just don't know you like Derek king i know i, I do i love Derek king it sucks it sucks anyways i'm not impressed with the uh, king's backup uh, tyler van dyke he's uh it hasn't been didn't, didn't seem too impressive to me so i'm gonna take unc i think they bounce back Alabama is a huge favorite at Mississippi State. I forgot to check the point spread on this one. I want to say it's about 17. Okay, there you go. 17 and a half. Both are coming off games at Texas A&M. Mississippi State had a bye week last week. I'm going to say Bama responds with the the convincing victory. Not sure I would want to face Bama coming after a loss, so give me Alabama. And my last game is Purdue at Iowa. Iowa's favorite 11 and a half. I think this is a terrible matchup for the kind of the pass-happy Purdue offense. Doesn't matter who they have trotting out at quarterback. I think they're going to struggle to score against uh, Iowa's fantastic pass defense, and they can't run. So I think Iowa continues the, their run, and they're going to dominate the Boilermakers. All right. By the way, Derek King potentially could seek out a medical redshirt. So who knows? But we will see. You think so? Well, I just I read that that is a possibility. So we will see. Oh wow, he'd be like. It'll be a seventh year. Third. It'll be a seventh year. Be crazy. Yeah, we played half the games, right? So it's tough. Almost. Well, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. All right. Anyway, let's, let's all listen to Ryan think it out. <laughs> <his head>. Beside <laughs> the point, let's let's mercifully get to the end of this episode with a questionable finish. 
The Army Wisconsin total opened at 39 and a half. Which two teams do you think would have the highest total if matched up against each other? I looked for teams with good offenses, well, great offenses, and not the best defenses. So I came up with good Ole Miss. Ole Miss, yeah, I know. Ole Miss and Ohio State. Okay, that's not a bad one. I mean, Ole yeah. Miss and Tennessee is kind of tough to beat because that's they that both play at a super yeah, high pace as well. Um, but I, I think I, I, I went with um, Western Kentucky versus Missouri because, like you said, good offenses, bad defenses, and also they both play at a pretty high tempo. And they're evenly matched. You want them to, you know, yeah. have to keep scoring late in the game. Uh, I w- I'm just going with Ole Miss and Tennessee. I mean, it might be. No, it would be hard to beat. It might be the highest. It would be hard to beat. Yeah. That's uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. All right. Last week was the 105-year anniversary of Georgia Tech defeating Cumberland College 222-0. to zero. If the best FBS team played the worst team and made it a goal to outscore them by as much as possible, what would be the final score? That's tough. Uh, so I'll just I'll say Georgia at this point since they're number one, mm-hmm. um, and I'll say it's against UConn. Yep. Uh, yeah. Seems like the two obvious teams. I'm gonna say eighty-four to nothing. Oh. Okay. That's wow. Good. Mine, mine. That's pretty good. Mine was eighty-four to three, and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> I gave him a three. I gave him yeah. three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's oh I I didn't even do the final score. I just said they'd win by seventy-five. Okay. So pretty close. I'll go. Uh, I'll go, yeah, 81 to 6. Okay. See, this was a tough question <laughs> because you never see it happen. They always take their foot off the gas. So, yeah, like, I, I didn't know. know whether to go, like, 90-something or, or what. Mm-hmm. But we all kind of came up with similar answers. So I, I want to see that. that. It's a good point. Like, could they go 100? Like, maybe. If things went well, sure. You know, if they, if yeah. they got maybe a little bit of luck. But Yeah, that's a lot. Anyway, yeah. let's get to our upset specials. I'm going to take Missouri to win outright as a 9-point dog against Texas A&M. Now, you know, based on last week, there's no way Missouri can beat A&M the way they looked. But <laughs> like I said earlier in the podcast, literally every week before that, A&M seemed mortal. So I'll, I'll give Missouri a puncher's chance. Okay. I'm going to take UNLV. They're getting seven from Utah State. UNLV, they haven't won a game in a couple years, but they've been competitive. <laughs> they've played three ranked teams uh, and unbeaten UTSA. They're very competitive in these games, so I don't think Utah State's all that great. Maybe the Rebels can get their first win for Arroyo. Hope they do. Um, all right, I'm going with the Texas State. They're getting seven and a half against Troy. Texas State's coming off a win uh, against a decent South Alabama team, um, and you know that game actually went to four overtimes. So it was a pretty pretty crazy game. But Texas State's been pretty solid this year, outside of one kind of weird game where they got demolished by Eastern Michigan. But other than that, they've been good. So I'll give the the Bobcats uh, a shot. All right. Thanks for listening to the College Football Bros. I just want to clear up one thing from earlier in the episode. If if I'm picking them to be oh, the, the first, oh, the, the most likely first loss, it doesn't, you know, like it just doesn't mean I'm picking, you know, you got it. You get it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at CFB Bros. Follow my Twitter if you want more more great gems like I've been throwing out this more episode. More likey Mikey. At CFB Mikey, underscore Mikey. Michael. What about you guys? at Ryan F. Newman 1 and at 3 Newman and subscribe to our Patreon patreon.com slash college football bros you can join our discord it was uh, this Saturday morning this last Saturday morning it was hilarious there was a lot of uh, UMass Connecticut jokes being thrown around if you're aware of that rivalry maybe you're aware of the jokes and there were a lot yes. of um, 
What was the oh the fox the fox running on the field that was uh, yes very frustrating that ABC decided not to show us that but anyway for just five bucks a month you get stuff like that that's amazing <laughs> anyway priceless thanks for listening talk to you next week you've been listening to the College Football Bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. to keep up with the brothers on social media. Like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.